This summer I have been preaching from the book of Psalms, and the Psalms that that you find in the Old Testament were both the prayers and songs of God's people. And so we've been trying to sing one of them, or part of one of them, because they are long. We've been trying to sing some of them because they are songs that have been sung for literally thousands of years, perhaps in different languages to different tunes, but the same idea is being sung by God's people year over year. And those very same truths that God gave to his people thousands of years ago were shared with our children this week at VBS, that our theme verse this year at Bible school was from Psalm 25, verse 4. Now, we learned a few versions of that psalm. You heard some of them in what the kids sang for you. One of them goes, Make your ways known to me. Lord, teach me your paths. Now, I bet the kids could have said that back to me, but they're still a little sheepish. We're going to let them slide. The other version that we heard was, Show me your ways, God. Teach me to follow you. That that verse, show me your ways, God, teach me to follow you, was really what we were focused on all week, and we find it here in Psalm 25. And so we're going to read Psalm 25 this morning, looking at the whole psalm, but focusing especially on that verse 4. You're welcome to open up your Bibles, or take one of the pew Bibles, or just look at the bulletin and look at our sermon text for today. It is Psalm 25. It was written by... David, king of Israel, of the famous story David and Goliath. And here's Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distress. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. O guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. 
Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a God who faithfully speaks to us and speaks the truth. And so, God, this morning we pray, as it says in Isaiah 55, that your word might go forth like the rain that falls on the earth. Thinking of the rain that just fell overnight, we pray that your word might fall today on us, O God, and so bring life to us as the rain brings life on the earth. We pray, O God, that you would help me to faithfully proclaim your word, explaining and applying it, and that you would go forth with your word and the power of the Spirit, opening our hearts and minds to receive your word, and that you would work in us by your word and so accomplish your great purposes for us, drawing us close to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're looking today at Psalm 25, and we're very much looking at verse 4, but the rest of the psalm gives us kind of what's going on in David's life. And what I want us to see today is I want us to see two reasons why we need to be taught God's ways, and then finally how he teaches us. What is his teaching style? So the first reason we need to be taught God's ways is that there are a lot of times in life when we face problems and we don't know what to do. King David, who wrote this psalm, was clearly dealing with problems at this time in his life. We don't know exactly what the problems were, but he mentions afflictions, troubles, and distresses. He references enemies at the beginning and the end of the psalm. And so he has found himself in some kind of very difficult predicament, and he doesn't know how to proceed. And so he cries out to God for guidance. Now, most of us probably don't have enemies literally trying to attack us, but we all have problems in life. Maybe our problems are health-related, like battling a disease. Maybe our problems are relational, like conflict between a friend or family member. Maybe our problems are financial, like all of a sudden the car stops working and it needs a lot of repairs, and where are we going to get the money for that? Maybe your problems are comparatively smaller, like how am I going to get this giant pile of laundry clean? Or why won't my brother share his toy with me? We all have problems in life. And even when we don't have pressing problems in our lives, we still all appreciate guidance because there's plenty of times we don't know what to do. I remember being in the hospital after the birth of one of our children, and it was, you know, 36, 48 hours later, and they're getting us ready to send us home, and, and I said, where are the instructions? And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, I mean, I go to the store, and I buy a toaster, and it has instructions. I buy a razor. It has instructions. I even buy a Kit Kat, and it says, open here. It is instructing me on how to use a Kit Kat. And you're telling me this child is going to come home with me and you don't have instructions for this child. None. None at all. We want guidance in life and we are left looking for guidance. And often we look for guidance from those around us who seem to our eyes to know what they are doing. I know when I was younger, I used to think adults knew everything. And then I became an adult and people started asking me questions. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Sure, you can ask other people for advice and guidance, and they may have some good answers, but it's not guaranteed to be good. 
Imagine you were given a brand new box of checkers that did not come with any instructions whatsoever. And so you ask somebody, what do I do with these? And they looked at it and go, well, I think you're supposed to set the pieces on the board and stack them in towers and you flick them and whoever has the most pieces left wins. Now, that's a reasonable deduction from what you've been given, but that's not how the game was intended to be played. You need someone who made the game, who knows what to do with those pieces. That's the kind of guidance we need in life. And thankfully, the Lord gives us such guidance in his word. And that's why David goes to God for guidance. That God is the creator, the maker of everyone and everything. He knows how we are supposed to live because he made us. He rules this universe and knows all of the rules because he made the rules for the universe. And not just rules like gravity and thermodynamics, but the moral rules. Right and wrong, what is wise and what is foolish. This is what David is telling us in verse 8. He says, good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. God does not leave us here on earth without guidance. God has made himself known. He has made himself known through the Bible, and he wants us to know this guidance, to know what is right and wrong. And we should give thanks that we have such guidance in the Bible, that we can teach the Bible to children to give them guidance for their lives when they face problems. And so one of the reasons that we need God to teach us his ways is we really have a lot of problems and need a lot of guidance. The problem is, even with that guidance, we often make our problems worse instead of better. And so that's the second reason why we need to be taught God his ways, that we are not very good at following God's directions. See, I could have asked all 100 kids at VBS this week, tell me about the rules in your house. And they would have started listing like bedtime is this time. We're supposed to do this. Dinner manners go like this. Here's how I'm supposed to treat any of my siblings and share toys. And if I had followed that up with, well, do you follow all of those rules? They all would have said, no, of course not. Not all the time. Why is that? Why do we break rules we know we are supposed to follow? Because we all like to go our own way. We all want to do what we want to do. I've seen this in coaching soccer. I usually have the great privilege of coaching four- and five-year-old kids in soccer who've usually never played soccer before. In very first practice, we explain the only rule in soccer. Don't use your hands. You kick the ball. Don't use your hands. And we'll practice for 20 minutes or so, and they're kicking the ball, and they're frustrated. And what do they do? They bend down. They grab the ball with their hands and throw it in the goal because they want to do it their way. I don't like that rule. I want to do it. Now, that's a cute example. But when we break God's rules for life, it isn't so cute. God calls it sin. And David acknowledges his sin in, verse 20, in Psalm 25 and verse 7. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. It says it again in verse 11. Pardon my guilt, for it is great. Later in verse 18, consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. So he's admitting that a lot of his problems are his own making. That in doing the wrong thing, he has brought these problems on himself and he needs God's guidance to fix things. 
And so he confesses he has sinned. And we start to see the antidote for going our own way. It's humility. It's acknowledging that going our own way doesn't go well. David shows us that we need to be humble enough to listen. That's what he says in verse 9. He says, He, that is God, leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. Too often we can be like that stereotypical man, we'll call him, who just doesn't need to ask for directions because I know where I'm going. No, I don't need to. No, don't turn the GPS on. I don't need to know. And eventually, once you're lost and that GPS is sitting there unused, kind of like God's word whenever we're in trouble, we realize, man, I've made a fool of myself. And when we make a fool of ourselves, when we know what we should do and don't do it, we tend to feel shame. We're ashamed of our mistakes. When we do the wrong thing and know we shouldn't have done it, we end up embarrassed. And we worry that others will think we are failures. David talks about this shame at the beginning and the end of the psalm. That he's like, God, I need guidance because when I'm on my own, I just make a fool of myself. He fears he's going to end up going the wrong way again and again if he doesn't follow God's direction. You see, shame can lead us to not want to follow God as well. That maybe we have messed up so many times in the past, we are afraid to even try. We're paralyzed by fear of failure and we think we're going to be a disaster. But humility is not just admitting we're wrong. Humility is not just listening to directions. Humility is willing to take the chance and try to follow God, knowing you might end up falling flat on your face. After all, it is the Lord who has to teach us his ways. We don't know them naturally. We need to be taught. And frankly, we're slow learners a lot of the time. So how is it that God teaches us? What is his teaching style? Well, he shows us his ways. See, we tend to think of teaching as an intellectual exercise of transferring knowledge. We imagine a classroom setting with students sitting in desks, dutifully taking their notes and never, ever daydreaming at all. We imagine teaching is assigning books and articles for people to read and to get that information. And that does help. But God teaches us by showing us his ways. And we see that so clearly in Jesus. You see, Jesus did teach, he instructed, he told stories, but he did way more than that. That when Jesus came and started his ministry, he called 12 men to follow him as his disciples. It was like an intense apprenticeship, unlike anything we have today. The disciples would go where Jesus went, observe all that he did, how he spoke to people, dealt with problems, how he worshipped God day by day. Jesus didn't just say, here's the rules. He said, watch me follow the rules. I will show you how to follow God. And all week at VBS, we learned how Jesus did that for Peter. We saw that most clearly in our New Testament reading from John 21, that Peter thought, oh, I'm never going to mess up. Peter lacked a lot of humility, a whole bunch of pride in Peter. He's like, I'm never ever going to fail you, Jesus. And like two hours later, he denies even knowing Jesus three different times. And so Peter had sinned greatly. And he was ashamed of that sin. 
And when Jesus rose from the dead, he came and he addressed Peter's sin and his shame. And he forgave him. He showed Peter God's mercy. This is how God operates. Yes, you have sinned greatly. Yes, you are ashamed of that sin. But I am here to forgive you and to call you again to be my disciple. Jesus showed Peter the way God forgives sinners. He didn't lecture Peter on forgiveness. He didn't demonstrate it by forgiving someone else. Peter himself was shown God's forgiveness, and that encounter changed his life. Because a couple of weeks after that restoration, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to Peter and all of his followers so that they would be able to go and show other people God's ways, reflecting God's love to others. See, the only way for us to learn to follow God's paths is for Him to show us His ways in Jesus and for Him to transform us by the power of the Spirit. And that was our prayer all week for the kids at VBS. More than no crying, more than good behavior, more than good weather, our prayer was that they would be shown the way of Jesus and that the Holy Spirit would transform them to love Jesus and know His love for them. We humbly lifted up those prayers because we can't do that on our own. Only God can do that. We humbly asked for God's guidance so that we could do some small part in showing God's ways to those kids. And that wasn't just our job as VBS volunteers. All of us are called to model and show God's ways to others. We do that as parents, as grandparents, as VBS volunteers, and simply as members of this church. And yeah, we're going to have sins in our past that make us feel ashamed. We're going to be afraid at times that we're going to mess it up. How can I show God's ways to someone else? But the way we do that is seeing again and again, week after week, how God has shown us His ways. How He humbles us in our sin how He shows us His mercy and forgives us in Christ and picks us back up like Peter saying, Go, feed my sheep. Show my ways to all people that they might know Jesus. That was our prayer for the kids at VBS. It is my prayer for all of you that we would go and show God's ways to one another. Let us pray. God, we pray that You would please help us to follow You. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to fulfill that great commission where you tell us to go and make disciples. Help us, God, to live our lives in such a way that we are reflecting your ways, that we are following you so that others can come to know you more. Help us to share the good news of Jesus with others. Help us, O oh God, to especially share it with the next generation and these children. We do pray that the seeds of your word that have been planted would continue to grow. And we ask, O oh God, that you would be glorified in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.